Hey everybody, welcome to the Podcast of the Gundam Heroes. We're doing episodes 9 to 12 of Gundam Turnator. And it's really good, actually. Call like, hey, Gundam. <laughs> I'll say it. These episodes, a lot of fun. A couple yep. doofy moments, but just a good time overall. Good really doofy. enjoyed it. <laughs> I guess let's go right on into it. Uh, yeah, let's nine. get to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we got a recap of Lauren saying that uh, he's Moon Race and all that coming out to all of his friends. Uh, the title of this one is Corin Called It a Gundam. Hmm. Two words that we've just never heard before. Yeah. It could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this new ship lands. Uh, a bunch of people are offloading cargo. A bunch of the Moon Race people are offloading cargo. Uh, three new suits come off the ship. And the lead suit is this weird red-looking robot. And it's piloted by this incredibly buff man with, like, pulled tied-back hair and a blue face tattoo. And he's in a skin-tight bodysuit, which, by the way, is, like, red and black. And there is a male symbol over the crotch pointing yep. upward. <laughs> Um, this is Corin Nander. Uh, he is a new character, and he's going to be here for a while. He and is a he cheeky is... Nander. He immediately, after getting out of his robot, stretches and dabs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> the quartermaster is, like, freaking out, uh, saying, like, oh, God, I can't believe they let Corin out. This guy's super dangerous. The quartermaster, just... who is a giant lady with a perfectly round head. <laughs> yes, uh, she's also she's in this amazing. for a bit. Um, but they're like, Corn's like, she's saying that like, he's super dangerous and like, it's immediately obvious that this guy's a complete goofball. Like he's just fooling around, like doing squats and shit, like one handed pushups, like Goku and shit. (laughs) And, um, the quartermaster lets it slip that, um, he was in suspended animation in army prison, but he must've got out and she doesn't know why they would let this crazy person out. But, uh, he also has two lackeys that follow him around. One is like, he looks like the team fortress two scout and he has buck teeth and his name is Bruno. (laughs) And the other guy just looks like Chucky, but like fatter and brown hair. And his name is Jacob. Uh, I'm just going to call them the lackeys. They don't really make a difference. Um, so yeah, the quartermaster panics. He's like, Oh, we got to tell Harry this idiots around. And then Corin like comes over to her and she's like, yeah, I'm looking for Lieutenant Zana, Zion, Zan, Ziana. I don't know. Some other guy, minor character who doesn't matter. Uh, he then just immediately falls over onto the ground because he's not used to Earth's gravity, and this comes up a bit a couple times later, but um, then he tries to beat up some MP. This guy is insane. Like, he's straight <laughs> up crazy. And um, the quartermaster, of course, is wondering why they let him out of prison. And, like, she starts saying that, like, stuff has been showing up that isn't on her lists, and that, like, the higher-ups don't know about it, why it's happening. So someone basically <laughs> smuggled Captain War Crimes onto the Earth. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah. really kind of oh. clear that maybe some of the people back home on the moon are uh, working against the queen a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of insinuated that a little bit. So we cut over to the mansion. Gwyn is reading the newspaper, which, by the way, has the front page article that Fran had about the moon race robot. She's gonna get that Pulitzer. Yeah. Um, Keel comes over and starts asking about uh, you know, the white doll pilot wanting peace. Um, they have a quick conversation about how even though she and him realize that Laura and Lauren are the same person, like a lot of people say, that don't know that. And so, like, it's better this way. For Lauren Gwen's safety. like, nah, people are idiots. Yeah. Let them believe what they believe. Back in town at the Donkey Bakery, which is <laughs> yes. the name of Keith's shop. <laughs> <laughs> we have not gotten a shot of that before. Yeah, I forgot. Man. That's funny. Um, Gonna go get some of them donkey bagels. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's something about the water, man. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Lauren's in there looking for Keith, but he's out doing stuff. Keith thinks, or Lauren thinks that Keith's doing quite well for himself as a baker, and he's happy for him. As he leaves, uh, he's escorted uh, by some Moon MP people to the car. They're like, "Come with us. You got stuff to do." Um, back at the mansion, Gwyn and Keel are talking about uh, where Lauren is because no one's seen him. So she comes running in, and yells at them, is like, "Do you know he's a Moon person? I hate those people." But uh, they're <laughs> like, "Yeah, yeah, we know." And she's feeling like super betrayed about this. Um, she doesn't like that she has to rely on and be protected by someone who's from the Moon. And Gwen's like, you know, that's cool. You know, you want to protect yourself. How would you go pilot the white doll now? So, of course, Sochi is super pumped because she's been looking forward to this. Gwen, what? Gwen, buddy, no. This is a really bad idea. Yeah, Gwyn just... consistently being the guy who thinks he knows the most and clearly knows the least. <laughs> well, it's kind of obvious here that like he's using her enthusiasm for protecting herself in revenge for his own purposes. Yeah, and as this happens, like Keel's like watching this, and she's like concerned and conflicted about it. Um, so the military police from the moon brought Lauren to Harry. Uh, they're on the ship now, I think, at the landing zone, the moon ship. And uh, Harry's also read the paper. Um, he knows that the White Doll pilot claims to become be a person from the moon named Laura, but he looked through the records, and there's no records of anybody from the moon named that. Laura is not a common name on the moon. No, no. 
Um, so Harry asks Laura um, about, or Harry asks Lauren about Laura, and he doesn't know anything. But uh, Harry just locks him in the room. And he's like, "This guy's probably the same person." Like, it's I'm, I'm really of... happy that Harry isn't a fucking moron about this. Yeah, they like, don't yeah. outright say it, but like it's insinuated that Harry is smarter than he looks, and that yeah. like, he kind of knows this is going on. I'm oh, not clearly, certain, but let's because be real. yeah, like. Yeah, there, there's a point where Harry's kind of like, oh, that's weird, so you sure you wouldn't know where the white doll is? No reason. No connection to that pilot. You're positive. <laughs> All right. All right, buddy. <laughs> like, well, just going to lock this like, door here. Yeah, coming off of fucking Miliardo yeah. Peacecraft, Captain <laughs> takes action, doesn't think about anything. His reasoning makes no sense. If I kill All everyone, the there'll be no to- war. Yeah, followed by Harry Ord, who is like actually kind of a... Secret Service intelligence kind of guy who seems to get his shit together. Yeah. Oh, so refreshing. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, we get a quick shot of the mountain. The Moonracer trying to dig up their own suits. Um, that Lieutenant Ziona guy gets noticed that Korn's looking for him, and he's just confused as everyone else is why Korn's around. Um, on the other side of the mountain or whatever, uh, Joseph and Mishi are trying to teach the militia the militia how to pilot their uh, cop pools and the new robots. They're adorable kind of, bouncy car and ball robots. Yeah, which is kind of funny because one of the guys like, I know how to fly a plane. This should be easy. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bud. Uh, so Corrin's up on the hillside with his two lackeys. He's watching. He doesn't see the white doll there. Uh, Bruno, one of his lackeys, say, like, hey, we should go before we piss off, you know, Ziona, but Corrin's like, nah, fuck this shit. Corrin is super aggro about finding and fighting the white doll. Like, yeah, super, super aggro. Uh, so he starts fighting the militia and, uh, his robot, by the way, is named an Egal. I think that's how you say it. It's a weird robot. So the head isn't actually a head. It's kind of like a mace on an flexo skeleton. It's cool. Yeah. I kind of love this thing. Real talk. Like it's got chicken it's legs. Got a, it's got like a weird, like, uh, what, what do you call it? Like an articulating, like, lizard tail yeah. kind of thing. Like, it can actually, like, grab shit with the tail and, like, whip it around, kind of freezes style. And yeah, the head at first looks like a head until you realize it's, like, like a rocket mace on a chain. Also, basically. an articulated <laughs> tail, basically. Yeah, and yeah, it, runs with, like, a head on it. End. it runs like raptors where, like, the head goes forward and the tail goes back. So, yep. like, it has a center of balance mm-hmm. and everything. It's real cool looking. Um, so, of course, he's way better than all the militia who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, and he fucks up all of them. Um, Corrin keeps looking forward to fighting the white mustache and is like, don't you realize your true name is Gundam? Which is, he's the first person in the series to say that word. He's also been in cryo storage for a while, so. Yeah. Yeah. Episode 9, first utterance of Gundam. Unbelievable. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Uh, So Lauren jailed, uh, he's stuck in the moonship right now. He wonders if his secret ID is blown because Harry was acting weird. Um, he doesn't know what to know what to do with the white doll. Like he doesn't want people to fight, but he knows if he gives it to the moon people, then you know the balance of power is going to be real screwed up, and they're just they'll just roll, roll over on the Earthlings. He also doesn't really want to give it to the Earth because they're just gonna happy too. So have you seen yeah, that they are, Yeah, they are mad blood horny, like way <laughs> too much. This is a story of some people up top trying to keep it chill, and some ding dongs getting horny. Like yeah. that's all. Yeah, everything was fine until you fucked it up. Uh, so we get a quick shot real quick of, um, the militia truck convoy. They're driving someplace. Keith is in the truck with a, another soldier guy and they're on a way to see Michael cause he has some important info. Um, outside of the mansion, Gwyn and Keel are watching Sochi get into the white doll and they get word that the militia was attacked by this new suit. It's really weird looking. Um, Gwyn thinks that Diana has made the first move, the fight. Um, at the militia place, Keith finally gets to meet Michael again, who is the leader of the militia. Uh, he wants to sell the flat that he came from the moon in two years ago in order to build a better bakery. Like, he's like, I'm not using it anymore. Let's just get rid of this thing and get some money. And Michael, of course, wants anything he can get, so he sells it. Um, let's see. Corn and company go to attack the militia. They get the white doll to come out. And Gwyn thinks that, like, Diana is increasing her military might and stuff. So he tells Sochi, he's like, hey, go do recon on the white doll. You don't have to fight it. Just go look at it. Yeah, and which sure. This this is the dumbest thing he's done so far. <laughs> like, tell the 15-year-old who wants revenge for her dad to just take the super-powered uh, white doll and do recon. Just do recon. Just the go look at it. Don't fight. Yeah, her her reaction to being saved by someone from the other race was to hit them because she's so racist. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to go send her out in a murder machine. God damn it. <laughs> it's... Yeah, so Keel's also watching this interaction between those two and is also still conflicted because she thinks everything's going to shit. 
Um, at the moonship, Moran, Harry, and Diana are talking about how Corrin is out of jail now. And it's like, no one granted a man to see. How does he get here? He ignores orders. He's a shitty soldier. Why is he here? You should really just arrest him, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. So Harry's like, listen, I'll take care of it. So he instead goes to Lauren, who's still in uh, moon jail, uh, and tells him in about everything and then releases him. And so, like, I guess his whole deal is, like, if Corrin or if Lauren can go fight it, then, you know, they'll take care of that. And it's not my problem anymore. So. (laughs) And Moonrace won't have to deal with it if uh, Lauren just kills him. Yeah. Which I'm sure he would do. Definitely. Yeah, so uh, Loran goes to go get the white doll, but of course Sochi went and took it, so he yells at Gwyn and goes rides off after her. Um, Kehoe thinks that Gwyn is using Sochi's lust for revenge for his own purpose. Um, he is. He is. <laughs> Spoilers. Kehoe is not stupid, <laughs> it turns out. Yeah, so Corrin's still fucking up the militia cop fool someplace. Um, he has no idea where the Gundam is, and like he keeps screaming about it, and like the militia people are like, what the fuck is a Gundam? What is this guy talking about? Um, but eventually, the white doll does show up with Sochi in it, and he gets very excited. Funnily enough, Sochi didn't, uh, doesn't really know the, un- <laughs> the meaning of recon. Hang back. Yeah. So the fight starts between those two. Um, his suit has this giant mace, like a great club, and like the white doll doesn't have any weapons right now, so it's just kind of getting its ass beat. Um, so she gets she gets knocked down and like brushes herself off, which is kind of funny to see a forty foot tall robot brush itself off. <laughs> yes. But when she puts her hand up to her shoulder, like a thing shows up and it's a beam saber. If you've ever seen a Gundam, it's um, a pretty sweet looking beam saber too. Yeah, it's kind of cool looking. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's yelling at him to stop, and he hears her voice and gets completely giddy and horny because he's a woman and she's a woman. Because it's creepy. He's yeah. creepy. and he's corn and he's a creepy guy. Yeah. yeah. So somehow this next scene doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but like yeah. he has his uh, mobile suit over hers and like she kicks his mobile suit in the nuts, which I'm assuming just like bonked him in the nuts somehow in the cockpit. Cause he I, falls I feel over. like in the cockpit, a lot of those Gundam foot reverberations would make their way up. Yeah. So he gets nuts, hit in the nuts. He feels that he falls over, but as he falls over, he also just kind of clubs the white doll in the face, knocking it over. And they're both like super concussed. Um, so Lauren shows up, uh, he climbs over, he runs over to where the white doll is and gets Sochi out of it and gives her to the militia. The yeah. Just kind of like, Oh my God, you're so stupid. And she's like, don't you dare save me moon race. And he's like, Oh my God, Please you're dumb. Take care, take care of this idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm going to handle this. Yeah. So Corrin's trying to get up, but he's also having some issues because like, as kind of lampshaded before he's dealing with earth's gravity, like he just doesn't know what to do with it. So they eventually get up and fight. Uh, there's a really cool scene here of the white doll vaulting over Corrin's mobile suit to get his beam saber. And then um, they have, like, a slash ninja or samurai slash thing and, like, chops his, like, mace in half. And so Corrin's, like, runs away and saying he hates Earth gravity and he has to get better with it. That's why you beat me, dude. Yeah. Uh, the end of the scene is uh, Lauren saying he doesn't want to use the beam saber again because he thinks that they're just overpowered and crazy that he can chop a mobile suit in half with them. And, yeah, he just That's awesome, my dude. Don't, don't <laughs> give up. That's awesome. Dude, that thing is way too plus on block. You're banned from using that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you stun someone, you have to back up and let them stand up. It's honorable. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so uh, episode 10, um, we get a brief recap of all the stuff that happened previously. The title of this one is Visit to the Grave, and I think this is one of the best episodes in this series, honestly. It's um, really good, yeah. yeah. So so Lauren and Sochi are walking around the white doll. She, of course, is uh, very bratty about being saved, and he's trying to get her to read the manual, but she doesn't know how to read or something. I don't know. Read the fucking manual. No, read the fucking like, manual. I ain't doing oh, my that. God. She's like, I'm not looking oh. at these fucking plus block numbers. I'm just Moon technology? No thanks. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so at the castle, Gwyn and Keel are, uh, are talking about how they don't want to, how the moon people like don't want to or can't return to the moon. And Gwyn lets it slip. He thinks there are several factions on the moon maybe in power. So he thinks that maybe that's a reason. But while they're talking, Moran shows up and he asks them for a favor. He wants to borrow Keel. Which is a so, weird way to put that. Yeah, he says borrow, like even though it's like you know, he just wants her to come with him. It's, yeah. Uh, so we cut back out to Lauren and Sochi meeting up with Joseph and Sid. They talk about the new beam saber and how it's cool new tech. Um, there's a brief thing about them looking at this ebook manual and Joseph asks if the moon technology is similar to that. Cause he wants to like try to date the white doll. I'm guessing to see if the moon people stuff is similar. And he says the militia is right. looking to have Lauren on their side. Yeah. Um, 
Sochi then takes a call from Jessica. Jessica, again, is the maid who, uh, of theirs, and she wants the two sisters to come back and cheer up their insane mom, who is just very lonely and very sad. Um, yeah. We also see if yeah, she also, she also wonders if Sam has built a tombstone for dad yet because they just kind of like buried him in an unmarked grave that one day. Yep. Um, so the next scene, Moran, Gwyn, and Kehill meet Diana, and Dan apologizes because apparently none of her orders reached Earth before she showed up, and she's Weird. really sad that like all that shit happened. And they mention right away they're like, "Hey, that uh, weird. You have like super murder technology, but you can't get a can't get a call down, huh?" Yeah. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's, oh, that's that VoIP stuff is hard to set up, man. <laughs> Especially mm-hmm. VoIP from the moon. Oh, man. <laughs> you were probably using Skype. Oh, no. <laughs> that would explain uh, it. So, uh, Moran sees the airship outside that big yellow thing. And uh, Gwyn's like, hey, I'm using it to survey damage to the city. So, Dan is like, I want to go in an airship. Let's go. And so, they say, sure. And both Gwyn and Moran need to leave to go set things up for this. So, this leaves Diane and Keel alone to, to have some alone time to go drink some tea. And so what has been lampshaded for the last nine episodes or so, they eventually... This scene, so funny. Yeah. This scene is so fucking funny. This scene is so goddamn funny. They're like, okay, I know authors who use subtlety in their work. <laughs> and they're all cowards. <laughs> and this scene is that... So the whole thing of these two characters look the same, that they have foreshadowed and brought up and mentioned, oh, I don't know, uh, seven times or more <laughs> in this series already. They now have a scene where they both are sitting at tea and the queen then changes what hand she's picking her tea up with and is like starts mimicking uh keel and it just you know keel's like oh are you left-handed she's like oh no, no. it's just like i'm a mirror to you I'm just it's weird with you. it's like huh, we look exactly the same and keel's like yeah i have also noticed that we look <laughs> the same and then they're laughing and it cuts away and i had to pause to go have a laugh bro, so good because i was fucking dead same oh hat, my god same you know what? i don't i don't see it <laughs> <laughs> I could say all white blonde girls are the same. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the militia is back at its dig site. Uh, Keith is getting cash from Michael because he sold the thing. By the way, it's a huge stack of money. Like, it's a big thing. It, it's um, like briefcase of money's level of money. Yeah. It's like he sold, uh, you know, some kind of stealth bomber to the army, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Yeah, Michael asks Keith if he wants to operate it for the militia, but Keith's like, no, fuck that. I'm out. I gotta go bake. It's my I got. I got a fucking life to look forward to now. Yeah. Uh, so we go back to Diana and Keel. Um, Diana wants to try in some dresses since, like, they're going to be on the airship and she needs better clothing or something. She gets Keel to model, like, a dress or two for her. And then she's like, you know, it'd be funny if you put on my moon outfit. And so, of course, they get themselves in opposite outfits. And this is where I think we need to take a second and, here for the and, podcast. And, yeah, she's just like, she's like, I just kind of wanted to see what I looked like from the back. Is that weird? <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, that's my booty, all right. Oh yeah! Wow, it's funny. You know, it's it's different seeing it in person. It's crazy. We're like identical. Wow, I, don't get it. <laughs> I still yeah, so, don't see it, guys. <laughs> yeah. So Keel, like in the new moon costume, tries to give orders as if she were Diane, and Diane thinks this is very funny. And Keel's like, "Oh wow, she's just a lonely girl, etc." Right here, by the way, I think we should stop. And for the sake of clarity, I'm just going to start saying their names as like Keyhill as Diana, just to make this clear, because they start addressing each other as different people, and it's going to get quite confusing. So, yeah, they, this is where the body swap happens. And so let's just refer to them as who they actually are yes. okay. for sake of simplicity. Yeah, because that's what matters, right? Is the continuity of what the characters have witnessed and seen. So we should probably stick to yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of it is sort of too. You know, there's a yeah, lot of it, they're playing with this, even though they don't, you know, like, even though the characters don't know it, you know it. And that's important. Exactly. And in this sense, too, there's going to be a lot like a, a big theme coming up here soon of, you know, the queen witnessing the, you know, yeah. the, the results of her actions through the lens of someone on the ground, basically. Yeah. Yep. So a knock comes at the door. It's time to go to the airship. Diane's like, hey, let's just be each other for a day. And Keel's like, what? well, what happens if we're found out? And Diane's like, oh, we'll just apologize. I don't know. Let's go to the airship. It's fun. I'm the fucking queen. I'll just say sorry. Keel's like, wait a minute. And I love that, like, only one of them is actually, like, totally on board with this. Yeah. Yeah. She just like, fucking ambushes That's the best part. Her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, there's no warm-up to it. There's no explanation of how this plan is going to work or operate or function. It's literally just her being like... Like, they knock on the door, and they're like, Queen? And, you know, Keel's like, oh, God, we should switch back outfits real quick. And the Queen's like, what no. if we didn't? 
Yeah, because I mean, Diane just was like, oh, I have no more responsibilities anymore. And if I get in trouble, I'm still the queen. Who cares? And Keel's like, holy shit, what's going to happen? <laughs> oh, God, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, so Gwyn's in the radio room telling they're going to have, like, moon escorts for this airship ride or whatever. Uh, Lauren and Sochi show up. Now, Sochi gives some militia report and asks uh, Gwyn if she can take her sister home to go see mom because mom needs some love. Um, Gwyn says, like, hey, we're going that way in the airship anyway. Why don't you just come with us? So, of course, they, you know, go on the airship. Just give uh, you a ride in my private yeah. airplane. So they all board. Um, Diana is telling Keel kind of in private that you're like, listen, you're the queen now. You have to carry yourself with more authority and all that. Um, they walk over to the viewing area, I guess the front of the airship or something, and they meet Sochi and Lauren. So this is the first funny scene that comes up. Keel, as Prince, as Queen Diana, is surprised and almost breaks character when she sees her sister there. Um, Lauren starts seeing the queen and gets all like nervous and sweaty, and this amuses Diana, who is dressed up as Keel. Oh God, he does do that to me. Yeah. Sochi then goes and tells Diana, um, who is dressed up as Keel, that Mom is lonely and they need to go. You know, and Keel is shocked by this because it's the first time that she has heard her sister worry about her mother. Um, Diana asks Keel if they can stop, and she says, "Yeah." Because, of course, you know, it's backwards now. Uh, Gwen is going to get confused, and I'm sorry. Gwen asked Diana. Hey, person that wants to take care of your mom, is it cool if we take care of your mom? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like that's I guess. what the exchange is. As the queen, yeah. I say yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- another funny scene here. Gwen asked Diane to prep tea for the queen. Um, but before she can even do anything, I don't even know if she can prep tea because she's the queen. Uh, Lauren, like, stumbles over himself to go do it for her. <laughs> Um, you can't tell Lauren has a thing for the queen. Weird, um, that. Yeah, she's like, all was... the moon people do. Yeah. Yeah, but this gets awkward later, and it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ship takes off. Harry and his suits follow. Um, they take in the sights, all of everybody up on the gondola, and uh, Diane and Keel agree that, like, war shouldn't ruin all this. Um, Rand gets kind of confused to why Diana, as Keel, hasn't seen the sights yet, but they start covering for each other on the slip-ups, and this comes up a lot where, like, they almost fuck it up, but the other one covers for them. Yeah. And it, like, kind of shows that they're both in play, or both, like, I don't know, aware of how the other should act. Like, they're trying to empathize with the other, I guess. It's- mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, again, it's, like, it's not a very lazy, like, they're not lazily switching. Like, the they actually wrote it so that... You know, they make mistakes here and there. They don't have perfect information on each other, so they're going to make, you know, slip-ups. And it it, it humanizes the characters a little a bit. Lot. It would be really boring if they switched and they actually just, we're you know, like they basically just switch the characters and then later we're like, oh, yeah, they traded brains or whatever, well, basically. You know, like that, that would like be the point of it, that, right? too, is that characters kind of notice the slip-ups as well. Yeah. Like, And a lot of times, like, characters would just be like, just ignore anything that was weird completely. Whereas here's like Corin is like uh, Moran is like hmm, and there's later on like Lauren is also like hmm, um, but they yeah. don't actually You're... think they've swapped because that is like not that would be them. ridiculous. Yeah, they're just because like, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's Looney Tunes. Well, yeah, <laughs> they're like hey, that doesn't seem quite right until they then you know cover for it and they're like oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they talk about a couple things here, like the food shortages of the civilians, like the moon calls them mobile suits and not mobile dolls, who knows. Um, Gwyn then borrows Diana, who's dressed as Keel, um, and they go to the different part of the car and ask Sochi if she has a change of clothes for Diana, the queen. Um, she doesn't want the militia, Gwyn doesn't want the militia targeting her in her moon clothing, so it's like it's better for getting them civ clothing. Yeah. They're going to a very populated area that has a lot of militia members and resistance yeah. members in it, and so having someone in the queen's garb Might. would look, would, yeah, you'd be in a bad spot, probably. Might set off some uh, emotions. Yeah. So Sochi's like, oh no, but there's clothes in my house, we can go get them. And so Diana, who's dressed up as Keel there, is like, oh yeah, the queen can wear all the great clothing, it'll fit her perfectly, I'm really excited to give the queen clothing. And this makes Sochi angry, she says, like, the queen's the leader of their enemy, and mom and dad died, or dad died, and mom's insane because of her. Like, why are you, why are you so happy about this? And so, why, why won't you even, like, consider how fucked up this is? And then, you know, uh, then Lauren kind of like, closes and is just like hey 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 come on come on come on be cool she's and she's like right she's thing. not wrong you know yeah. like when she's like you know like she's wrong she did cause this to which lauren just kind of has to be like i know you're right like she did cause this and of course the queen is standing right yeah. behind them they're not aware of it at the time yeah. and she's like having trouble holding it's, uh, holding a, it's a really good like they, scene of her finally of her just being like oh oh god 
Oh. Yeah, and Gwyn's there too. He actually makes a saying like he's going to try real hard to make peace work, and it's kind of interesting that the queen can see all this like earnest stuff going on behind the scenes. Yeah, Gwyn's kind of being an asshole in the negotiations. Mm-hmm. Um. So yes, Diane's there. She's taking it all in. She feels guilty about everything. Um, outside, she sees Harry jumping around like an idiot in his mobile suit, and she's like, "Oh, oh yeah, Harry that's how the too. mobile suits are keeping up with the airship." By the way, they're just literally jumping football fields. Yeah. Um, in the other room, Moran and uh, Keel, who is dressed up as Diana, discuss her safety. He's like, listen, this is a bad idea for us to go this far away from the moon base by ourselves. He's like, the gorillas could still be here. But Keel says that, you know, we got to see how Earth civilians live. This is important for everybody. So eventually the ship lands at the Heim estate, uh, they, or at an airport someplace. They get in cars, and there's like a montage of all the devastation the war has created. And Diana, who's still dressed as Keel, is in the back wondering, is really sad that, like, the war that she started has spread to even these remote villages and everybody's suffering. You know, I, I do have to say, if they're trying to go incognito, being uh, followed by moon mobile dolls... <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe yeah. not a good plan. True. Uh, they eventually arrive at the High Mansion. Uh, Jessica's very happy to see the two sisters back. Uh, Keel, who is dressed up as Diana, knows that uh, she can't enter, but, like, she stands there for a bit and Lauren sees it and is like, oh, maybe we should let in the queen too to see, you know, her mom. So the mom is in the bed talking to Sochi. She still thinks the two girls are in school. Again, she has lost her mind. Um, Diana sees this. Uh, Diana is, as Keel like, sees it, starts talking to her mother. She's like, yes, I've made friends at school. She's just lying and making up stuff. Basically just goes along with it in the exact same way. Yeah. And Keyhill as Diane is extremely sad about this because, like, she knows her mother is right there, but she really can't do anything because she's playing the part of the queen. Um, Diana and also, sees... I think, potentially, because her mom doesn't realize it isn't her. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's another thing. Um, so Diana sees the war's effect on mother and feels really guilty about it. Um, and then one of the people say, oh, it's time to go see dad. And Jessica crying, cries because the mother still thinks her husband is alive. She makes a comment about it. Yeah. Uh, so they mm-hmm. go out to the grave. Um, when Diana sees this, she immediately breaks down, runs over to it, and starts apologizing to her dad for not coming sooner or saying she was really busy and that she'll come more in the future. And that Keel is also in the back, and she's also, like, silently crying to herself, but she thanks Diana for understanding and doing all of this. Like, it seems that they have the same sort of mentality about war's effect on people. It's a and, like, very touching scene, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. God, it's amazing that, like, you go from Gundam Wing to this where like Diana's crying and she's crying because she has to be crying because it would be weird if Kiel wasn't crying, but she's also crying because she's seeing what she's doing. But you know, like there's so many layers to yeah, she how is seeing... she feels about this whole thing happening here. It works yeah, like having, really, really well. Having a crushing realization of, Oh my God, my actions have incredible yeah. consequences basically. Yeah. Like it, it's this whole thing with like, nuance that just didn't happen <laughs> just never yeah. un- unimaginable yeah it's uh, interesting because like i mean kind of whole spiel is war is bad and it's a ter- terrible effects on civilians that's what like the underlying themes of all of the series but like this one in particular i feel does it a lot better not only because like it's just betterly produced but because of the fact that the characters have to are forced to by their circumstances to see the effects of their actions through other people like, yeah, yeah they have to actually grasp with it. Yeah. Whereas, like, Hero, it was just, you know, like, oh, he feels bad for killing those pacifists. But <laughs> he they feels didn't more do bad anything about it. <laughs> he didn't change the person because of it. He didn't have any, like, like all he did was say, like, oh, crap, mission c- completed, but also failed. Oh, nuts. And like, that was it. <laughs> like, it was nothing. And in this, you have these characters, like, running up to a grave and mourning. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit different than Gundam. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. You obviously get so much more insight into a lot of these civilians in this one. Like you, You've been with a lot of them, with, with Lauren living among mm. them. and you That's just, a really good point, yeah. Yeah, you, you do feel like, so she needs to get over her racism a little bit, but you've been with her and her family. Like You, you feel the loss of the dad. And then, aliens literally showed up and killed her father. Yeah, yeah I mean, even so she's racist, it's understandable from the camera. Oh, absolutely. And she's in the militia, who are all gung-ho about this for the exact same set of reasons like they these all lost family members yeah and these aren't like minor friends. characters we've seen like once yeah. who have like motivations but you don't really care like we know all these characters 
And it's definitely, you get a lot of different perspectives from all the different characters we have in this show. Yeah, even the minor characters in this series have some good humanizing aspects to them based yeah. on what's shown. So now they're going to make peace work and everything will be good. Yeah, Hooray. the title of episode Correct. 11 is uh, The Destruction of Noctis, so peace is on the way. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm glad you also read it as Noctis, because I read it as Noctis four times before I was like, wait, what? And then it was like, oh, Gnosis? What the fuck is Gnosis? Gnosis. <laughs> I don't even call it Noctis, sorry. Close enough. Yeah, no, no, feel free to call it Noctis. The city name is N-O-C-I-S, and my brain also just instantly parsed <laughs> it as Noctis, yeah. so... Uh, so there's a recap of all the sad times last episode. Um, beginning of this one starts with uh, Diana, who's dressed in civilian clothes again, on the top of this hill, just kind of looking at Earth, and there's like weird flower petals and stuff behind her. I don't know where they're going with that, but Lauren comes up the hill and asks her what she's doing up here. Uh, she's like, I'm looking at the beauty of the Earth, and then asks him if everybody, does everybody from the moon feel the same way, and knowing that she herself is from the moon? And uh, he says, yeah, I hope so. And so she's yeah, he's like, I, I, I would like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit, I hope so, or else we're going to have a bad time. <laughs> so uh, they get on their bike and drive back down this hill. Um, she almost breaks character during this. I forgot how, but. Uh... Oh, it's because she's like talking about how oh, she, she wants yeah. everyone else to come see how beautiful, yeah. how much beauty yeah, there is yeah. and like the earth and the wind and all this stuff. And it's very clearly like it would be like if when I was living in Indiana, I went outside and was like, oh my God, everyone, do you see the beauty of Indiana? <laughs> and everyone would just be like, the fuck is this guy? Where, where'd Ty go? <laughs> do you get into that Everclear? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, who bought a bottle of dark eyes? <laughs> um, so in a garage someplace, Gwyn is working on one of his fancy cars. Uh, Michael's giving him a report. He says that the Corrin attack uh, with the new mobile suit broke a lot of the capuals that the militia had, and a lot of people oh, died. Those poor little babies. Yeah, Gwyn's like, well, listen, I still think I can get some good stuff in the negotiation. And like Michael's like, well, listen, dude, you're going to lose the military support if you don't uh, follow this stuff up quickly. And Gwyn's like, listen, I never said you couldn't fight back. It's just you can't fight first. You can't break the truce. And uh, Gwyn's like, listen, I'm trying to get some moon technology in exchange for us, for them living here. If they want to live here, they got to, you know, pawn up some cool stuff. That was his whole thing. Yeah, he's like, he's like, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm okay with them living here. They just have to pay a fair price for it. And I'm going to ask a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's, and yeah. It's kind of like he, he knows he can't stop them. So he's just yeah. trying to get the best deal he can, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Lauren is helping Sid and Joseph dig some stuff up with the white doll. Uh, Joseph asks him if it's oh, um, Joseph asks Sid while you know Lauren's doing stuff if you know it's okay that the moon pilot is piloting the white doll, and Sid just doesn't care. Sid just wants Sid to does not give a fuck about Lauren being from the moon. He's happy. Yeah, to let Sid him knows who Lauren is and has you know known him for long. He's just like fuck off, man. Like it's Lauren. It doesn't change. You know, like Sid is if just, he would have fucked us, he would have fucked us ages ago, right? Yeah, Sid like, just <laughs> wants to dig up his new stuff. That's all he's going mm-hmm. for. New toys. Yeah, so Joseph's like, oh, I can do anything Lauren can do. And Sid's like, okay, we'll go get that new flat that Keith bought or Keith sold or whatever. And Joseph freaks out and doesn't want to do it. But, uh, elsewhere off the mountain, uh, Lieutenant Ziona and the moon guys are just watching the militia dig out suits. Um, they mentioned that Corrin is still on the loose. We cut to a scene of Corrin throwing shit off of a shipping container. On the moon. <laughs> I guess like he starts yelling about how he's gotten used to Earth gravity, so he's not going to lose this time. Um, yeah, no, he's hooting and hollering about how much he loves a good workout and being a sweaty boy. It's just <laughs> like throwing things and doing upside down push-ups and shit. Yeah. Corn definitely does CrossFit, like no question. Yes. He oh does it God. in that yeah. leotard. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, starts yelling, like, who's in charge here? And they tell him it's Phil. So he goes to Phil and asks him, can I go kill people? And Phil's like, no, what the fuck are you talking about, you idiot? We're in a ceasefire. And can I do like, war crimes, sir? No. <laughs> yeah. So Corrin's like, you know, the higher-ups back home are going to be sending more reinforcements about this. And Phil's like, what the fuck? Diana never said anything about that. She never sent orders. And so Corrin's like, yeah, Diana's getting too slow, so the government back on the moon wants to be more aggressive about this. And so Phil's like, well, well who's doing? Who's pulling the strings back there? And uh, Corrin name drops a name. This is one of the most Gundam-y names. Ripa <laughs> yeah. We got name. the Roman. We got the maintainer. Wait, that was a name? Yes. Ripa maintainer is a name, yes. I'll... I'll be honest, my brain did not parse that as a name. <laughs> I thought he was like telling him it was like some conglomerate or something or like there was some machinery that it yeah, I I my brain just parsed Agrippa Maintainer 
as like a part of a mobile suit or something. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, Gundam is notorious for having extremely crazy names like a Seabook Arno and Marbet Finger Hats. Quattro Bagina. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But this one like sounds like – like those other ones sound like fake names. <laughs> this one sounds like a Gundam part. <laughs> like, hey, can we get a new uh, Agrippa maintainer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the intake manifold had some problems and it yeah, totally fucked up the Agrippa maintainer. Exactly. Yeah, we'll have to get it switched out real quick. Yeah. like it's <laughs> For what it's worth, I don't think this guy shows up for another 15-ish episodes, but just remember his name. Um, so yeah, oh, we Corrin won't says, forget. It's worth noting that Corrin is probably <laughs> dropping some shit that people shouldn't know, but he's Corrin, so he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And he's claiming it's public knowledge and he's saying like, that Agrippa Maintainer was, like, the leader of the moderate party or whatever. Yeah. You didn't so. know, bros? Yeah, and so Phil is kind of, like, unbelieving of him. Like, he doesn't know if Corrin's just fucking around or if he's actually serious. And Corrin just means, like, I don't care about politics. I want to go fight and make a name for myself before the reinforcements arrive. So that's why he kind of wants to fight the White Doll, because he wants to be famous. Yep. Um, back on the moonship, Harry, uh, Moran, and uh, Keyhill as Diana are, are um, talking um, Moran says like Gwyn is stalling, which he is, um, and it's just to keep them in Inglas. And like he kind of comes up with this new plan. It's like, listen, we should just take our ships off and just go to the Sun Belt without them. Fuck, fuck. What Gwyn. if we just set the fuck off down there? What are they gonna do? So Harry asks, like, well, what about the Moon civilians that are already here? And Moran says, like, oh, you know, we'll just leave a guard force and move them later. So they ask what Diana thinks. And Keyhill says, like, well, we need to protect the people that are already here, as obviously kind of a play to just keep them around for a bit. Um, mm-hmm. so they're like, okay, fine. We'll start talking to Gwyn again. And Keyhill asks like the sea, oh, hey, by the way, when you talk to him, can you see if, uh, Keyhill's around so I can talk to her? And Harry just Since it's like them. the secretary. And I, I just think talking with her was very effective and it got through to them pretty effectively. I'd like to talk to her specifically. And Harry's like, Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I see my implicate. I, I took it away from based on how, uh, Diana, like, you know, kind of told Harry at first, just, or what, you know, where she said, like, oh, I hope this works. I just assumed Harry was in on it. So if he's not, this is even funnier. Because it's him just being like, this is the most blatant bullshit Diana I've ever seen in my told life. Harry about this situation yet. So. Oh my God. Okay. So Harry just sees through everything instantly because it's obvious and Harry's actually competent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so back in the mountain cycle, Lauren's digging up more stuff. He finds what appears to be a shield for the white doll. Um, Sid is happy that he's found new crap. And, um, Lauren asks Sid if earth and moon could ever live together in peace. And Sid's like, yeah, we're already doing that right now, but I don't want a bunch of immigrants coming in because Sid's kind of racist since he's old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Sid thinks that if they're going to, uh, get going alone, if they're going to get along with the moon people, they're going to need more dolls just to be like parody and sort of forces wise. Usually assured destruction. Arms race, arms yeah. race. <laughs> I mean, like in a way, like this is obviously supposed to be a, commentary on like mad but it does make sense from his point of view because if the moon people just had these invincible dolls nothing's got to get done like they're just going to get run over they they would just they would just come in and invade and take over everything and the thing is they already have these dolls so they really the earth people have no choice yeah eventually there is a point where you know the race for parody becomes more than the race yeah. for parody and it becomes the race for dominance and then it yeah then we're really starting to go into problem town but we're so. already kind of <laughs> in a play in an yeah. unbalanced state where either you get rolled over or you find a bunch of robots to stop their robots yes it's just pro proliferation so <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we got the michael so michael's given a speech to the rest of the militia uh, he didn't quite get Wins approval, but I like militia- that he says this to the militia in a log cabin. Like, don't worry, we're gonna do it anyway. Yeah, so he says he doesn't get Wins approval, but the militia are technically an independent force that Gwyn is just bankrolling, which is kind of funny. Um, so they're just going to go attack the Solera, which is the big ship, moonship. So they're going to break the ceasefire because they're bloodthirsty fuckers. Yes. And it's fine because guess who's also going to break the ceasefire at the well, exact same time? I think that Diana has already broken the ceasefire because Corrin attacked all the militia troops. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's an interesting thing about Corrin and the moon militia in that the moon militia are like, well, he's not officially affiliated with us, so they can't, it didn't technically break the ceasefire, 
Which is a very military way of looking at it when the civilians on the Ark are like, no, he's clearly one of you. You broke yeah. the ceasefire. So yeah, it's a very, this, I like it. I this like guy it sat point. outside of our city, shooting lasers into our city, <laughs> yelling, I want the main guy from your force to come fucking fight me, you wieners. <laughs> and like, so it's pretty, yeah, it, the implications are pretty strong that people might feel he was on their side. I can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but technically, but they're like, technically he isn't, you can't do it. And it's like, no, the Earth don't care about that. He's just yeah. a private citizen from the moon that wants a money match. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the militia knows that like they won't be able to use the white doll because it's like in vicinity or wherever this place is and the moon people know it's there so it's going to be like a sneak attack without the white doll but it's kind of a distraction but yeah they're just saying that they can't use it for the fight um, Keith and Fran are in the city and they're talking to each other Keith fills her in that he sold the flap that they came in for money and she's shocked but she understands that like they weren't using it I don't know if so, I were her I'd ask for a cut yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it was kind of her... None of their ships, really, but... True, he, he kind of just sold moon property. <laughs> but uh, as they're talking, they see an explosion off in the city. Oh no, what is happening? Um, back on the moon ship, uh, Moran can't believe the Mercia are breaking their truce, so fighting has been started to break out. Um, militia suits are coming, so they plan on taking the ship off and just going to the sunbelt, like they discussed earlier. Um, Harry gets the fences ready, but Corrin doesn't want to defend the ship. He wants to just go off and blow up the city. So the white doll comes. So he goes and does that. And Phil sees this happening, and he's like, well, I can't stop him. I'm busy defending the city. So Phil Corrin very clearly him. just does not want to deal with Corrin at yes. all, even though he's nominally kind of his Responsible, yeah. responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Which is, again, what sets up Captain War Crimes for being such a jackass. Yeah, he's also yeah, just like, like again, it, he's like, well, he's not technically under my, my command, so I'm not technically breaking the ceasefire. It's a very yeah, military way like, of thinking. It'd be kind of like if you were working in a big corporation and some guy from, like, quality control was just, like, stealing a ton of shit and <laughs> someone else was like, eh, I'm not in quality control, but you're the CEO. <laughs> 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 So, yeah, Corrin goes off to the city and starts immediately just fucking everything up. Um, Gwyn is on the phone while this is happening. Like, shit's blowing up outside. He's trying to figure out who approved the attacks and everything. Uh, back on the moon ship, uh, Keyhill, as the Queen Diana, gives the orders not to kill anyone. And this is kind of infuriating Harry because the militia air force is there. And they're in these planes. And they're not really doing a whole lot except for dropping bombs. But, like, Harry's like, I can't stop these guys without killing them like it's impossible for me to swap these airplanes out of the sky without killing people um mm -hmm. someone tells keel that they uh have to go now but she's the queen in command and she like she starts barking out orders because she has to pretend she's the queen she tells the ship to take off and all that um there's more shots of the militia fighting joseph shows up in that flat that they got from key uh from keith um they throw he throws like Boxes full Crates of bombs. Of bombs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like the flat basically just has a big old launcher arm and they're throwing crates at him. It's kind of funny. Is the flat another one of those Gundams that's like one of the bad ones? Because it certainly looks like it. It's, I think that, isn't the flat supposed to be like a construction model yeah, or something? Yeah, it's like more it, for construction it, yeah. shit. Um, yeah, so there's more fighting montage. Um, they make a note to show that the militia is doing friendly fire on, like, Mishi, for example. Even though they painted the robots in the color of the militia, they're still... It's all just a big clusterfuck. Yeah, but the but, militia uh, is just as organized as they've been this entire time. Yeah, they haven't gotten any better. But the, uh, the Soleldis ship takes off and does start heading for the Sunbelt. Uh, back in the city, Corrin is still blowing things up. That big castle from earlier is destroyed. Bostonia the, Castle yeah. uh, gets blown the fuck up. Yeah, Gwyn is stuck in traffic because everybody's trying to evacuate. So he gets out, and he does his best Richard III, where he tries to buy a horse. Uh, but the guy just holds him the fuck off, says that the Inglisia is Phineas, and his money is worth nothing. And he's like, but don't you know I'm the heir of the city? You know, my kingdom for a horse. Moran <laughs> um, starts giving Phil orders, telling them he's to attack the mountain cycle next. But then Keyhill, as, as Queen Diana, hops on to Skype and tells him not to blow up the city. Don't you fucking do it. And then Corrin butts into the call and multi-calls it and says, like, why is the Gundam not here? I wanted the Gundam to show up. It's like, back in my day, the Gundam used to have the courage to charge directly out and fight you. And he is yelling from the top of the rooms of that Bostonian He is castle. literally standing on top of the castle yelling, somebody come fight this! <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> Um, so in a field, the militia is just watching the moonship fly over. They're like, we can't do anything. It's, you know, three miles up. Um, 
Michael gets news that the moon people are attacking the mountain cycle where the militia was digging up suits, so he sends out the white doll. Um, Turns out we done fucked up. Yeah. Lauren uh, is putting the new shield he found on the white doll. It looks very pretty. It's a nice oval. Um, Sid is telling him that that Diana, who is dressed up as Keel, and that the moon forces are coming, um, that he is going to go underground and just dig up more stuff. That's their problem. Deal with it. Look, I'm still on the clock here. (laughs) Yeah, Sid does not care. (laughs) It's weird. I'm an archaeologist, and this is war, and that's not what archaeology is. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Archaeology is a war against time. <laughs> so Diana, who is still pretending to be Keel, yells to Lauren that she has to go back and complete her duty. And Lauren's like, "Oh, you want to go back to the house?" And she's like, "No, I must go to the Soul Hell, the ship." And then she like almost breaks character there, realizing what she just said. And then she is like, "Um, yeah, I need to go back there because I met Diana earlier, and I want to talk to her, and I'm not her totally." And she's like, uh, "I think I'll be able to convince her." And we had a real connection We're good going friends, on. We look very similar. <laughs> no, wait! Don't say that! Don't say that! Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's again, it's very funny watching these two kind of flounder it up occasionally. Yep. It, it's it's charming. Yeah. It adds to it. So yeah. Lauren's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." So they start going towards the moon landing zone, but they're met by Phil and the Wadoms. Um, Phil just wants to blow the whole mountain up. And Poe's like, uh, aren't we supposed to dig up the suits there? There could be another white doll. You're kind of acting like a lunatic. And like the guys who are doing recon also show up and is like, hey, you know, there's stuff under the mountain. We could find something cool. But Phil doesn't give a shit. So he fires. Yeah, he's like, do you realize there is an insane power imbalance in our favor right now? And the only source of power they have that could possibly combat it is in that mountain. <laughs> so if we just blow up that mountain, we're done. We're yep. done here. We get to, it's game over. And then everyone's like, but... Yeah. We want toys, too. And he's like, I'm blowing up this fucking (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they fire the laser. Uh, Lauren and Diane turn around and alert the militia. Like, hey, we're under attack. Go underground. Bye. Uh, The Wadams start blowing stuff up. And the White Doll eventually falls into a cave. You're in a cave-in. There's, like, landslides and everything happening. So Um, back on the Solera, the ship, Moran berates Phil's dumb strategies. Like, why is that idiot blowing up a mountain? Uh, Key Hill is concerned for her family because she knows that the family cottage or mansion, the high mansion, is nearby. And then uh, the last scene is back in the city. Fran is taking pictures of Corrin. Um, he, she knows that like these guys aren't the normal Moon Army. And then Corrin just starts yelling, and he's, that why, where's the Gundam? Why isn't the Gundam showing up? He's really angry. There's no Gundam. He yells at the moon. <laughs> Everybody come down here and fight this Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> Gundam is not in scene. Everybody should be asking, where is the Gundam? <laughs> Basically. Uh, Corrin so episode, should be asking. Episode 12 starts. Corrin is a huge fan of Gundam Wing, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. He took all the wrong lessons, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, um, episode 12 starts. Its title is called The Underground Corridor. Uh, the Wadams are still laser in the mountain. The white doll is underground with Diana and Lauren. Uh, Lauren falls out of the white doll and it hurts his hand somehow, but Diana wraps it up for him and he gets all embarrassed because he's in love with. Like, to be clear, she does the thing where she, like, rips part of her dress off to make a bandage. Like, it's that kind of thing, which is wildly out of character for Keel. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he even, like, goes and says that. It's like she's acting too nice all of a sudden and stuff. Um, So, like, Roxy. And then. And then, yeah, she responds with, she's like, oh, just, oh, a noble lady's just supposed to make you miserable. That's how it is. That's mean. And, you know, Connor tries to brush it yeah, off. Yeah, Lauren's a total sub, so it makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> so rocks fall from the sky, and uh, they hug each other, and they're not get hit. And then Lauren gets super embarrassed and knocks his head while he tries to back up. It's kind of silly. He obviously has a thing for Key Hill. Lauren is such a dorkus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they hear tools going, power tools in the distance, so they go investigate. It's Tim the Toolman Taylor, actually Sid in the militia, and they're digging shit up because, you know, he just wanted to crown the dig. <laughs> you know, we're, we're still under attack, but Sid's got a job to do. Yeah. So um, Lauren is telling him, like, hey, there's fighting outside. Maybe you should leave. But, like, I don't give a shit. I'm looking for suits, buddy. Um, outside, Phil's forces are still looking for the white doll, and they want to capture it. But he's like, you know what? Let's let Corrin do it because he's trying to find the thing anyway. So they go and get Corrin. They tell him, like, listen, you have you and your two lackeys. Go find the white doll. And Corrin, of course, is super pumped. So he runs off. Um, there's a scene back at the militia headquarters or something. Yanny, like a plane lands and then Yanny comes out of like the cargo space, like completely stuffed. <laughs> it's, 
kind of funny. Uh, he tells Michael, Sochi, and Mishi that uh, Phil's forces are all over the mountain cycle, and he doesn't know where Sid is, and it's kind of concerning. He also, there's also rumors that Noctis is in runes, and then Joseph comes running out of a tent with info that says that Gwyn, who apparently is the heir of Inglacia, has abandoned his country um, because it's in runes. I mean, his, his home is kind of burnt down and Gundamified. Yeah, yeah and we, the moon we, people have kind of taken over. Yeah, we see a montage of the city. It is, in fact, completely destroyed. Half um, of it is basically, like, literal ruins, and, yeah, it's uh, not doing too great. Yeah, so Michael says the new plan is for the militia of Inglacia to rejoin, reorganize, and join up with Louisiana's militia. Louisiana? Yes. It's, very, it's Louisiana. I'm just going to say It's Louisiana. Yeah. Um, and he says, like, there's rumors that, like, we're thinking about joining all the militias in the Ameria continent, which is America. By the mm-hmm. way, I should have noted in one of the previous scenes inside of the moonship, there was just a map of Florida. So. Yes. <laughs> it's a backdrop, like, several different times. Uh, just fucking Florida, man. Yeah, if you couldn't tell, they're in North America. <laughs> they're just, yeah. Um, so he also, Michael also says that Louisiana has found their own mountain cycle. That they may have found their own mobile suits. So that's why they're kind of joining up. Uh, we cut to a scene of Gwyn at an airport looking extremely Casablanca. He has, like, the fucking Tilby hat and the, and the coat. coat. Yeah. And then we're introduced to a new character who shows up. She's a teenager with long black curly hair. She has this giant red dress and a fancy hat. Her name is Lily. Um, she asks, I said that she looks like a Pokemon gym leader when, she she, when we first saw her. Yeah, she does. Uh, she asks uh, Gwyn why he didn't go to her dad's house, and Gwyn's like, I don't want to go there. He'd make fun of me. And he's like, yeah, dad made a comment a while back about Gwyn being taken down a notch, and look who became true. Uh, so Gwyn tells her, like, listen, uh, my country's in ruins, so Earth-Moon relationships are going to be done via Duke Bjorno, Bord Borgiano. Duke Bongiorno. Ba- Bongiano, Borgiano, in Louisiana. Duke Buc- Buc- Giorno, yeah, <laughs> Which is her father, by the way. Yeah, it's her last name, so yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's like, well, you know, your dad's going to be doing all this stuff with the moon now, but like, I need someone on the inside. You think you could be a super cool spy for me? And, and she's she like, is yeah. so into this. Like, yeah. spy shit? Spy shit? Yes. Oh my God, I've been so bored being a fancy lady. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's super pumped to do spy shit for him. And Gwyn has the little inner monologues like, I have no plans of leaving the political scene yet, even though his country's in ruins and no one votes for him anymore. <laughs> Did um, they in the first place? Probably don't worry not. About it. See how he's an heir? Yeah. Uh, back in the cave, uh, Lauren and Diana are walking around. Um, she compliments him and he gets embarrassed. Again, he has a thing for her. Uh, they find an exit, and Lauren takes a look around. Outside, Corrin and his two lackeys are still looking for him. Uh, they eventually end up discovering a cave that they're in, and so the lackeys enter the cave and start just firing railguns randomly. It's, uh, it's, it's just wild that they just find a cave, and they're like, let's shoot a gun in it, despite the fact they're on a fucking volcano. This is a terrible <laughs> yeah. idea. Yeah, the... Basically, this is a wild dog and two idiots. You know what? No. You know those fucking hyenas from the Lion King? Yes! (laughs) Basically. These motherfuckers are just hyenas and a goddamn robot. (laughs) That's all there is to it. So Sid and the militia hear the railguns going off and they're worried about the fighting. And like Sid also makes notice like, hey, there's gases escaping. This smells like sulfur. This could be bad. Yeah. So like when they fire the railgun shots, they make really big explosions. So they're clearly like caving in parts of the cave that haven't been seen in quite some time. Yeah. Mm. Um, Lauren and the white doll eventually get out of a cape and like sneak up on Bruno and Jacob from behind. There's a few different entrances, basically. Like this is a huge connected cave system. Yeah. And so he sneaks up on those two and throws a tree trunk at them and it knocks them out. It's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, so Lauren goes back in the cave and meets back up with Diana. Uh, she's like, hey, can I go try talking to the last guy who's out there? Maybe I could get him to stop. And Lauren's really confused about this because Diana, who's dressed as Keel right now, uh, says that she's like, oh, yeah, I look a lot like that queen Diana. Maybe I could pretend to be her and tell them to stop. And Lauren's like, <laughs> and Lauren's crazy. like no. <laughs> Yeah. No. How would you even think of something like that, Kino? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's like, damn, it's hard doing disguises. So, <laughs> elsewhere, Sid and his crew are digging and they find a bomb. So, it literally, then... <laughs> it looks like a pipe. Like, he, someone knocks off some dust and it looks like there's a pipe there. 
they hit one end of it and it's basically unexploded ordnance and everyone's like oh well, before he even hits it it's like Sid says yeah. explicitly this is a bomb and then hits it with a pickaxe <laughs> <laughs> yeah he says it's like the bombs they found in the mountain cycle and yeah it's really dumb. Immediately takes his pick to it. Yeah. I almost wonder if, like, the sentence ordering got mixed up or something, and in the original he <laughs> hit it, and then was like, oh, God, it's a bomb afterwards, yeah. instead of this, where it's, oh, hey, a bomb. Whack. Oh, Ooh, shit. A bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so when he activates that, a cave-in happens. Uh, Corrin, who's up on the surface, falls partially into the hole it creates. Um he- by the way, Corrin, I think of anybody in any Gundam, loves to ghost ride his mech the most. Yes. Like, he always oh, rides yeah. His cockpit, cockpit is always open because yeah. he loves the feel of the wind. Yeah, so he falls into the hole and almost eats shit, but um, he sees the militia far below him and, like, I'm going to attack you now. So the militia runs away. Um, they There's mentioned... a great shot of him sort of just hanging around like an idiot, and he looks down, and Sid is, like, still shell-shocked from the explosion, looking up at him, and it's like, uh... Yeah. So the militia starts running away. They eventually find Lauren and Diana, and they take Diana away. And so Lauren goes and fights him with the White Doll. The White Doll's legs are damaged, and when Corrin eventually does find him, um, like the fight goes poorly for Lauren because the White Doll can't really move too well. Um, he eventually hits him with a club, and they fall down. Uh, Diana starts asking one of the militia dudes for her the gun that they're carrying. Can and I Sid's borrow like, your gun? Yeah, and Sid's like, why the hell would a lady like you need a gun? Well, clearly you need a crossbow. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, Diana doesn't really answer him and says, that, like, Lauren's brave, I must help him. So, Corrin and Lauren fight some more, but another cave-in happens. Sid notes that the smell is getting really bad, and Lauren, when he wakes up the white doll after it, like, shuts off for a section, notes it's really hot. Uh, he has to reboot at this point. Yeah, it's because there's magma nearby. I don't really know if the Appalachian Mountains have magma in them, but don't sure, worry about it. it. Yeah. So Corrin has woken up before him. He gets his mobile suit to drag the white doll over to a cliff near the magma. Then he does this completely like soon dared monologue about like, I don't hate you or anything, Laura, you sweet girl, but I'm going to try to kill this white doll because in my mind, there's strange memories of the Gundam humiliating me. Yeah. I don't hate you, but this is definitely a deep psychological Freudian thing. Um, <laughs> I, but you something know, about me being in—it's fine. Yeah, I was suspended animation for like a couple hundred years, and the only thing I remember is being mad at you. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> Not mad at Laura, mad at the Gundam. Yeah, the yeah the Gundam. You, yeah, yeah, the specifically. Gundam. Yeah, yeah. So he throws the white doll into the chasm with the magma, but like it does its thing where it puts its arms and legs out and holds on to both sides. Um. He, he jumps starts, on top of it, basically. That's not yet. Yeah, not yet. Uh, he starts yeah. trying to knock he it into the magma. He just smacks it, yeah. With, it, with his it. tail, with his tail head, he just bumps on it. Yeah. Yeah, he starts trying to do that, but then Diane shows up and starts yelling at Corrin. And Corrin immediately thinks it's the queen, because it is. Which, A, it is. B, of course he'd think that. He's never yeah. met Kiel. And she's like, they look identical. They look the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's. I know it's easy to miss. But hey. <laughs> <laughs> so Diana starts giving a speech thanking Korn for his years of service, but his mission has now ended, and he's super shocked. He's like, the Gundam's right in front of me. It needs to be destroyed. And she asks him, he's like, well, one since, the, since when did the Gundams have a mustache? And, which is a very good point. They've never had mustaches <laughs> before. He's like, the times have changed. Your mission is done. And he's like, if you disobey, I'll shoot you. Yeah, she's so, pulling the rifle out at this point, right yeah. at him. So Korn's like freaking out about this. He wants to destroy the Gundam, but he doesn't want to disobey the Queen. So he decides the Gundam takes priority, and he jumps back in his suit and then starts jumping on the Gundam. Jumps up and down on top of the Gundam with his entire mobile He's suit. like, I'm yeah. so sorry I have to do this, ma'am. But Yeah, I was like, sorry, actually, I do have to go throw a baby fit. <laughs> <laughs> this is I've been sitting on this one for a minute. <laughs> yeah, so uh, she says that, like, oh, I'll have to execute her and... Diana starts firing the gun at him. Um, he's still she misses, out about which this. is the thing I really like. Like, yeah, she she's clearly misses. trained in this because she like takes a firing stance, but she's still trying to hit a guy who is like jumping on a robot from fifty yards away. Yeah. Um, so he's still freaking out and like he's like, I only wanted the queen to be happy. And since he's distracted, like this gives Lauren kind of a chance to shake him off. 
So he does some like maneuvers and the Corrin's eagle falls into the magma. He eventually, since he's he, got a ghost riding, yeah. falls onto a cliff. He basically just he <laughs> he basically just rolls them out, is what it is. Like <laughs> yeah. he just rolls over, puts the guy underneath him instead, and drops it. And then yeah, fucking horny numb nuts manages to ghost ride the whip right off into a ledge. <laughs> That's why you don't wear so man. he's <laughs> he's fine. Clear. Yeah, I'll just be thrown free from the crash. <laughs> 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 And yeah, the white doll gets its leg fixed and boosts its way out of the pit in kind of a Deus Ex Machina moment. Well, I think it like it bra- like some things on its legs that were crusting them up break, and it suddenly actually has boosters down yeah. there. Yeah, because it That's hasn't been it able like. to do that before now. Mm-hmm. So later outside, uh, Diana, who's dressed, still dressed as Keel, uh, lies to Lauren, says that, like, oh, yeah, the military people warned me about that officer. He has interesting quirks that could be exploited. Yeah, Lauren is immediately suspicious why, about how she was able to slip into Diana, like, like that yeah but and also able to shoot a gun <laughs> which you know kale probably has not done especially with that kind of like if you have ever seen someone by the way fire a weapon who's never fired a weapon before there is it's nothing yeah. that scares a person more it's <laughs> unbelievable yeah like because the whole thing is the the number one way to make discharging a firearm dangerous is to be afraid of it so it's like the first thing you have to teach out of somebody but it's also like it's an incredibly clear sign and i've never seen a human being not have it like that's the thing yeah. i have never seen a human being touch a pistol and not immediately get a little shaky so like yeah. That would definitely be a bit of a tip off of like why can why was Keel so confident with that rifle? <laughs> That's a bit mm. yeah, but like Diana lies to him and he just immediately accepts it because Lauren's kind of an idiot. He's kind um, of an idiot. He's also, also kind of like in love. Yeah, in love. <laughs> also, and also he was in a very high pressure situation when the entire yeah. thing happened. He's yes. been having a day. So Lauren compliments her, says that she's very brave to do what she did, and like yeah, Gwyn taught me to do cool stuff like this. And Lauren's like, yeah, I need to learn how to do cool stuff, too. And then he immediately falls asleep on her shoulder. Which, again, boy needs a break. Yeah. And so the last scene of this episode is like a montage of him sleeping on her shoulder while stuff happens. <laughs> and it's the most extremely unsubtle song that happens. And it's about two like... Two women. One's yeah, from the moon. Two women. One's from the sun. Direct- <laughs> there are actually one woman and two women at the same time. Yeah, like, it's, it's that. <laughs> oh my God. It's so, it's so fucking funny. Like, you, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're going to think everything we just said, including one born in the sun, the other in the moon, and they're two women, but also one woman, is like us being goofs? No. No, no, no. <laughs> nope. That's verbatim. <laughs> like, that is the actual lyrics of the song. It is. I, I don't understand why in... Turn A has been so good about, like, subtlety and letting the audience <laughs> kind of make their decisions and stuff and not, like, force-feeding the idea and not, like, telling you the answers. And then for some reason, with this, they they just can't not do it with (laughs) Diana and Kale. Like every time, like okay, we have to. It's Gundam. We have to have at least one thing that's unsubtle as a rock. And we made Harry actually subtle, so we can't. We have a subtle char, so we need something wild. There's also a great line about how the one from the moon has to like figure out what she's gonna do next. Like there's two paths, and she's sitting there like with a guy sleeping on her, just being like, hmm. I said, oh, yeah, there's there, yeah, there's two paths in front of her. Is she going to stay as Keel or is she going to go back to being the Moon Queen? Yeah, I get it, Song. Thank you. Thank you. I understand. Yeah, it's real great. So, yeah, next episode, the militia is on the move. I wonder what's going to happen there. Oh, my God. I can't More imagine they're going to fuck something up. The militia hurts to watch because it's so believable yeah. and yes. at the same time so Dumb. like obvi- like to the viewer it's so obviously wrong. You I think idiots. that's what the Greeks refer to as drama. It was like really well done. <laughs> really well done here of yeah. Like so we have a certain awareness of like this is a terrible idea but obviously they're all blinded by their rage. And, you are oh watching God. a train wreck in real time and you know you can't stop it but and unfortunately, now they also have established that you have friends on the train. So <laughs> yep. like, that's, that's the trick, right? Like Gundam Wing sure was a train wreck. The only problem is I didn't like anyone on it. Like, <laughs> I wasn't invested. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, next time, more militia fun. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, keep watching turn A. It's good. It's this is the first good. one that I've had like. I've had like four or five people ask me like, is this one worth just, should I just go ahead and watch it before listening? And I'm like. 
Yes, actually. Like the other ones, I was like, eh, whatever. But this one, I'm like, no, this one's good. You want to experience this one on yourself before you hear our dumb opinions yeah. on it. <laughs> like, know, again, so. we're trying to paraphrase the plot points as quick as we can. But, like, there's actual, like, spots in the show where things go and there's, like, atmosphere and, you know. There's also some really good subtle animation at times. Like, at one point, Gwyn put his hand on... Uh, Diana is Kehoe's shoulder, and she like jumped because she's like, Whoa, yeah, she has like a, a short shiver, and it's like really obvious, but it just doesn't get brought up at all. It's not a thing a queen would ever have done to her. Yeah. No one would ever just casually walk up and touch the queen, there's, you know. Yeah, so it's like very jarring. Also, the scene where like they're talking about you know all these terrible things that have happened, and the queen dressed as Kehoe is just sitting there listening to it. They don't have her react where they do the whole eye quiver thing, you know, try to like kind of not super subtle or anything, but it's just like it's good storytelling, you know, of this person is without saying anything, feeling this pain, trying to keep it hidden, you know, that sort of thing. And it's well done as opposed to, you know, things about in the past. So really, turn eight, it's good so far. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it goes from One here. One thing yeah. I should note is I, uh, as I was rewatching these with Pat. Um, there's a co- there was a couple of scenes that are like, oh, yeah, they foreshadowed this really early in a show, which I didn't notice before. But one thing is look out for butterfly imagery. There's a lot oh, of boy. Mm-hmm. You'll notice there'd be butterflies on flowers and stuff. Like uh, I remember early in one of the episodes, Keith fell over and his breads fell on the ground. There was a butterfly right there. There's one. Just, just start keeping a checklist. Yeah. <laughs> so good to know. I just, I just want to know more about that robot. Like <laughs> <laughs> the show is good. I just want to know more about the turn A. I love that fucker. He's love so good. He's awesome. God, he's so good. He's got a good mustache and like, it's the way the show has now taken it from no one uses the word Gundam to someone very insistently uses the word Gundam and then someone else says, "Well, no, obviously that's not a normal Gundam." Now it just makes me go. Why? Yeah. Why was it in a mount? What are you doing? What's hiding? What's wrong with Turn A? Like, clearly there's something fucked up about <laughs> this Looney Tunes-ass robot. It's one of those things of, like, it's like Roger Rabbit in the real world. Like, it's a, there's a problem. <laughs> Something's off. And I don't know what yet, but I want to know I've actually real bad. i a list of myself when you three are very close to saying stuff that are true. So later on, <laughs> things come true. Oh, 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 no. Minute X on the episode Y. Because it's, it's, it's funny. All right. God. Well, till next time with uh, episodes, it'll be 13 to 16. 16. Thank you. Space anime. Space. Hey everybody, it's your boy Ty real quick here with a quick addendum to the end of this episode. Uh, We ended up skipping episode 16 for the next set uh, because it turns out it was in fact a recap episode. Uh, So that means it will be, uh, I believe it was 13, 14, 15, 17, if I remember right. Um, But yeah, it's the next four episodes. We ended up skipping over uh, 16 just because like since we're watching these so regularly, we don't really need to do a recap episode. Um, So yeah, uh, just so you know, and aren't confused when next week's episode comes out if you're following along. All right. Thanks. Sorry. Just wanted to add that on real quick because we goofed it.